Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with amazing rising artists. And today, as I always say, we got a great show for you because we always do. We got James Dupree, and you know he's done a lot. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit about his life. Um, we're going to talk about his little time on the Voice and just little things that he's done that really has made him the artist he is today. But James, are you here? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. <laughs> Every time somebody says, can you hear me, it makes me think of that commercial. Can you hear me now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that old, uh, is it Verizon or Sprint, one of them? <laughs> yeah, yep. it was Verizon. He's at Sprint now, but, you know, but the whole thing was Verizon. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing? Oh, man, I'm good. Uh, just hunkered down here. Uh, we live live in uh, Mount Juliet, which is just a suburb outside of Nashville. Oh. and um, Okay. And yep, we're just uh, not. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully, we don't get cabin fever. Uh, the, we have a little <laughs> yeah. baby girl at home, and sh- and she's uh, keeping oh, wow. us busy. So, <laughs> yes, I guess we we got an eight year old and a one year old little girl, an eight year old little boy, and which you'll hear from him later because he likes to always ask one question on every show. We we're, we make oh, a cool. family show. <laughs> that's and, that's um, awesome. <laughs> but we're based in Savannah, Georgia, and because I know you asked before okay. the show, yeah, we're based in Savannah, but. The ultimate goal is we're are somewhere between August and next May. The goal is to be li- living in Nashville. Oh, I got you. Well, somewhere hey, within there. Come on over. It don't have to be Nashville, but somewhere up there. Well, Middle Tennessee is a great, great area. <laughs> and we're definitely excited about that. So, as we get started, tell us a little bit about who you are. Some, you know the small details of things you've done, and also some hobbies you have outside of music. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I mean, that's that's uh, that's a lot to cover. We'll be covering some of the stuff you've done a little bit later, so I guess we can just go into you know, a little bit of who you are as a person and, and also some things that you, know, you do outside of music. Yeah, okay. Um well, I mean, I, I grew up in uh, Louisiana originally. Um, I I actually, um, you know, just grew up listening to a lot of great music. Thankfully, my parents had have really good taste in music, and uh, <laughs> so I started. Um, you know, I picked up the guitar when I was uh, in high school, and uh, oh, wow. played a little bit of piano and stuff. And I played mm-hmm. saxophone in a high school band. Uh, I was not an athlete, so you know. Uh, ne- wasn't necessarily one of the cool kids, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, same here. But you know, music was was always um, something that was at the forefront of my mind all the time, and and mm-hmm. um, especially country music, it really struck me as something special. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, when, when I graduated high school, I didn't really think that pursuing music as a career was was feasible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I thought like moving to Nashville and chasing the dream would just be like super scary to do, and it, and it really <laughs> is. But uh, so yeah. I decided to uh, follow my second passion, which is the weather. Uh, I, I went to mm-hmm. school for uh, meteorology, and oh, wow. um, that was I, I didn't finish my degree all the way um, <laughs> because while I was there, I joined a band, and uh, <laughs> the music bug, of Can't course. Get the music out of you know. <laughs> no. And, and, you know, when I started performing live and stuff, it was, that was really whenever I, I knew I was like, man, there's no way 
I'm not going to try being, uh, you know, doing this music thing. And so um, I quit school and my parents were not super thrilled about it, but uh, they, uh, they, you know, they, they, what's that? So they supported you, the ideal though, anyway? Yeah, they did. They did support me uh, regardless, you know, because they, you know, they did. They were they were upset about me not finishing school, but you know at yeah. the same time they always wanted us to to chase our dreams and do whatever it is that made us happy. So um, exactly, you know I'm thankful for that. And um, so then I became a a paramedic, which is my dad's a paramedic. Um, mm-hmm. He's been a paramedic my whole life. So I figured if I'm going to chase this music thing, I, I'm going to need to get a job in the meantime. So I went to school and mm-hmm. did did the paramedic thing for six years and. Um, started working on songwriting and, and I started putting videos on YouTube and um, it was just kind of a hobby at that time. But then, you know, mm-hmm. um, I got contacted by the Ellen DeGeneres show and Ellen had basically oh, wow. come across my videos and uh, invited me to perform on her show. And, and that mm-hmm. was the moment that it went from being a hobby to something much more than that. Oh, and wow. I moved to Nashville shortly after. Yeah. That's a crazy little story, but (laughs) so so you're one of them that you knew in your heart you wanted to do music, but you were scared to really step out and kind of fate stepped in. That's that's exactly a great way to put it. You know, (laughs) you know, because the 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 logical part of me was thinking there's no way I'm just gonna move to Nashville on a whim. You know, I, I I knew that I needed to get something solid to fall back Mm -hmm. on and uh and you know in the meantime you know while i was trying to work on that fate stepped in and intervened just like you said yeah (laughs) so when you look back at your career so far what are some moments where you're like wow i got to do that and and of course i already know some of them and you've probably talked about some already but what were some moments to where you're like i can't believe i got to do that Man, I I've had more more of those moments than than uh than I deserve for sure. I think you know. I mean it. You know, you know the Ellen show is was like mm-hmm. the first one. Like, wow, this is mm-hmm. incredible. That and was then, the one you know, that really just, took you off. Yeah, and then you know, um, I I started um, working. I, I got connected with uh, some people in Nashville very early on, and you know, just. Mm-hmm. Luckily, you know, I mean, um, I, I started working, my very first producer was Kyle Lenning and he's, uh, oh, wow. you know, he's one of, he's a legendary producer here in Nashville. And, you know, for somebody who, who hasn't even been to Nashville at that time, um, mm-hmm. to, to have that being your, the first producer you work with is an incredible opportunity that, you know, hardly ever happens for anyone. Yeah. And so I knew that, you know, it was, um, this was something that I, I just, uh, you know, fate just kept um, putting these things in front of me, and and I'm I'm so thankful that I you know was smart enough to to chase after it and and take advantage of it as best I could. Yeah, because you know we all have those moments in our life where there's a fork in the road. Yeah, and I believe God puts them there to really test us to see, do you really want this? I'm I'm saying here, here it is. Go for it. <laughs> you know, it's true. It's true. And, um, you know, of course, you know, the, uh, the voice opportunity happened shortly after that as well. And, you know, oh, yeah. it's just another one of those things where, um, 
you know, you just you sit back and say, I can't believe that that just happened. I can't believe that I got four chair turns. You know, you're about one of the few countries. I mean, because country artists don't get four chair turns. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's pretty rare. rare. (laughs) So what what was that like when you? When you, what was that like when you were singing and you were on stage? And, and, you, and of course, you, I'm sure you were like, please let somebody turn. What was, it, what was going through your head as you watched each chair turn? <laughs> well, I told myself before I got on stage that I was not going to look at the chairs because <laughs> I, I, I needed to focus on not messing up the song. You know, yeah, I want, because I, if, I, if I start like focusing on something else, I'll. Uh, I'll forget the lyrics or, you know, something like that. Mm. So I made it a point to not look at the chairs, but um, I could still see them in my peripheral vision that as they were turning around and it was just like, you know, before, before the performance, all you really want is just at least one chair to turn because that means you're going to continue on the show, you know, and Mm. uh, to have, to see all four of those turn around, it was, (laughs) uh, you know, one of the one of the most, I mean, the adrenaline and the emotion and uh, every all of that, you know, exploding at one moment, you know, it's just mm-hmm. it, it was an incredible feeling. Well, it's, so was Adam your first choice, or did you change while you were up there? No, I, Blake was my first choice actually, um, <laughs> and Adam Adam was going to be my second choice. Uh, mm-hmm. However. The the producer told us on the morning of the performance um, to, you know, he sat us all down and was like, okay, here's the deal. Just go out mm-hmm. there and just do your thing. And he said, and don't have a decision in mind on who you're going to pick before you hear yeah. them talk. And um, yeah, and I thought that was really good advice. And, and so, um, you know, well, you know, Blake being the last one to turn around too, which you know, was was pretty <laughs> funny to me. Um, you know, but he, he didn't really, I, you know, I was wearing jeans and boots and I, I think that he thought that I was just going to automatically pick him. And, uh, so he didn't really like try to convince me too much. And Adam was, you know, he was so like, he was basically just saying, you know, it's such a cliche. Every country singer comes on here and just picks Blake, all, all, you know, automatically. And, and I was like, you know, the last thing I want to be is a cliche. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'll so take that one. Because let's face it, you know, as a country artist, you're, a, you're already a rebel anyway. Well, you, you know, know. <laughs> I, I don't, I guess I, I, I'm not trying to do that on purpose. It's just that, you <laughs> but know. That's, I, but that's the way it is. You know, because yeah, again, we, I guess you know, right. country is always country's always been. Now, granted, it's gone a little more mainstream in the last ten years, but for the most part, country's always been that genre that's a little on the edgy side. It is, yeah, yeah, it's true. It ha- historically, it's it's always um, had had a spot for for those who didn't follow the, follow the rules, and um, you know, Eric Church is. It mm-hmm. comes to mind, you know, he's one of my favorite uh, contemporary country singers. And, uh, you know, I just, I mean, not necessarily because of his um, outlaw kind of style, yeah. but I really believe mm-hmm. that he is a true uh, songwriter and a true artist. Yeah. He's very genuine. And, um, and I just, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I look, I look up to him as, as sort of a, 
someone who is some, somebody out there that's doing this thing right now in this day and age and is still being themselves. And that's kind of how yeah. I want to be, you know? Yeah. And you know, Cody Johnson, he's one that's, that's moving up the ladder here and he's just absolutely in Texas country. I mean, that's Cody. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And, and you know, that song, uh, Monday morning Merle that he has, mm-hmm. man, that's such an amazing song. Yes, it is. <clears throat> so, um, as we move into a little bit more into the, what about the whole Randy Travis thing? How did that come about? Well, that's just another one of those opportunities that came along uh, that I, you know, was asking myself, wow, how did I get here? You know, um, so I uh, somewhere around 2012, I, well, first of all, as I, as I mentioned earlier, that Kyle Lenning was my first producer. Uh, he produced yeah. my album that came out in 2010 and he did all of Randy Travis's stuff from from Randy's uh you know beginning of his career basically mm-hmm. and um so Randy came into Nashville somewhere around 2011 or so and uh mm-hmm. was was doing this concert taping for PBS and um Kyle you know got me to uh backstage of the show and and had me uh you know introduce me to Randy and we talked very oh, wow. briefly uh, but that was the first time I met Randy. And then uh, later on that same year, I got contacted by this woman uh, who lived near uh, Dallas, Texas. And she was she, – basically she said that she had written a script for a short film, um, mm-hmm. and she had seen my videos on YouTube, and she thought that I would be perfect for uh, this <laughs> part in her film. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, and the uh, lead um, – actor uh, uh, that she had secured already was Randy Travis. And I was going to be playing as Randy's character's son. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, of course I told her, well, I've never acted in anything before, but I would love uh, to have the opportunity, you know? And uh, so, you know, went down to Dallas and we did this little short film and this was in uh, 2013, which is right before Randy had his stroke, uh, just like a few months before. And, um, so we, Randy and I became friends just uh, doing that that movie, and um, wow, uh, you know of course then he had the stroke, and then mm-hmm. he had like a long kind of recovery period, and um, but like shortly after that, about a year or so after that, mm-hmm. the the movie finally came out, and we did a few premieres together and mm-hmm. a few like different events and things, and then we just started kind of doing like different um, benefit events together and things like that. And, um, uh, then of course this, uh, music of Randy Travis tour came up last, last year. And that was just another incredible opportunity. Oh, wow. It's like, it's like everything's been just guiding you and you're, you're just trying to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And you know, it's, um, you know, I'm trying to, uh, obviously I'm working on myself as a songwriter and as an artist as mm-hmm. well, but, having these other opportunities like the um uh like the movie and uh, the the music of Randy Travis tour mm-hmm. and the voice and all that that that's just been uh so much fun to do and uh you know it has made me stronger i i think as a performer and as a as a songwriter mm-hmm. yeah now that we've talked a lot about some of the pluses i always like to flip the script mm-hmm. on everybody because <clears throat> i think that and the reason i do this next segment 
is because I think a lot of people misjudge art. You know, you hear people talk about, oh, y- y'all just need to go get a real job. And I try to tell people, you know, they got they don't need a real job. They got because they got something better, a passion to live for. And I get so frustrated. I think people miss that y'all are human beings and y'all struggle just like they do. And you know, and you do the day to day stuff just like they do, just in a different format, just through music. And just to show you where I want to go with this, um, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls back in 2014. <clears throat> and one of the questions I asked them was what advice would you give for an up-and-coming person who's wanting to make it in music? And her answer was, she was full-time at that time. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone who's full-time in the music business. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything else outside of music, then go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She said, because we have to sacrifice so much when we're full-time. We have to put so many masks on. If a death happens today and we got a gig tonight, we got to be on that stage happy like that death didn't happen. Our families have to sacrifice. It's not just me as an artist. It's my whole family is, is part of this because they have no choice in it because I'm, I got to do that gig. I got to travel. <clears throat> um, we get so much rejection more than so, But she said, but if your heart won't allow you to do anything else, then go all in. And that's kind of where I want to lead with this part because I want people to understand what y'all really go through on that side of it. Well, I appreciate that you you know you you mentioning that. Uh, I mean, you know, the thing is, imagine if there was no music at all, if music didn't mm-hmm. exist. I mean, that would be incredibly yeah, horrible, terrible. Um, you know, uh, so obviously there there has to be people who. Um, who who are the music makers and you know it, and it is a real job and it is a lot of work and um you know and, and you know as far as like you know we don't have the 401k's and we don't have the you know so a lot of musicians independent musicians don't even have health insurance um yeah. i mean and 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 we do it all because we absolutely can't do anything else we can't see ourselves <laughs> doing anything else and we love it so much and and you know we're we're also very grateful for the fans who continue to give us that motivation or that push that we need mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it is a lot of sacrifice and a lot of times we don't see our family. Obviously. I mean, my, my whole entire family is uh, lives in Louisiana and, you know, I don't get to see them nearly as much as, as I would love to, but um, you know, it is what it is. And, and I wouldn't want to do anything else. This is, this is my, uh, you know, music has always been something that I was very passionate about. And your wife wouldn't want to take that from you. Absolutely not. She has been a supporter from the beginning. Actually, we met at one of my shows. Uh, so, I mean, you know, she knew she exactly. She music everything. <laughs> yeah, and you exactly. do too. <laughs> uh, yes, we both do. Because <clears throat> um, I think a lot of people sometimes just forget that, you know, and, and and sometimes when I'm talking to people and they say, I think stupid comments like that, and they, and again to me it's a stupid comment, but um, I think they forget what what it's like to have that passion or that dream because, and nothing against a job. A job helps keep the food on the table for people. I get that, um, but many times a job really t- pulls that desire to want to do more out of you. And that's the part I hate about 
the job side. And again, I'm not downing jobs because you know I know some people who are great in their careers, but I also know other people, and this is and this is why I always try to get parents to understand. And I'm glad that your parents supported you, even though they disagreed with you, <clears throat> that they supported you, because I've got friends of mine who have been 10 and 15 years in their career, and they went to college for all of this. And you sit down with them, and they are miserable right now. And you, and you yeah. start asking them questions. Well, why are you – because like, I'm like, you know, you got the big house. you got the great family. You've got the awesome career and up. That they stop you right there a lot of times. No, 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 no. The career is the problem. I'm like, what do you mean the career is the guy? You know, I was like, you went to college for this career. It's like, no, I went to college for my parents' career, not my mm. career. <clears throat> and yep. now they're miserable. Now they're almost destroying their life because they've spent 15 years not being authentic to what they really had inside of them. Yep. And, and it's you know, coming up. Well, yeah, and and that's the that was actually the driving uh, idea, I guess, behind my my ultimate decision to to leave mm-hmm. college when I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was because if I if I see this degree through and 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 you know I get a job as a meteorologist, yeah, I'll mm-hmm. probably dig my job. But at the same mm-hmm. time, when I as I get older, I'm that I'm gonna always have that eating feeling in the back of my mind. What if I would have just tried yep. to do the music thing. What you know? What if? And I, and me, I always said, even at at a young age, I'd never mm-hmm. want to be that that guy who asked what if. And see, I can tell you a little story that happened to us. Um, so we lo- originally launched New Country Buzz in 2014, and we shut it down in 2015. But I always like to joke and tell people that my wife actually brainwashed me into music i mean that's but now i'm sold 100 percent. because when we first met i was one of these big motivational audio ones and she was big music so we get married and all i want to listen to is audio all she wanted to listen to is music so it was a little problem there so we agreed to do a 50 50 split and that worked but i didn't understand the power of music at that time she helped push that into me of what music really means it music moves people well, we launched 2000, in 2014, New Country Buzz, and it was starting to take off. And we even got to interview Kelsey Ballerini before everybody else knew her. So we thought that was pretty cool. Oh, cool. Um, but in 2015, for personal reasons, we shut it down. <clears throat> and I felt like a – even though I got so sold on it, I mean that a piece of me went away at that time. So it was like then I was – so like, you know what, if we're going to not do any of this, we're just not going to do none of it. And I even let go of the domain New Country Bud. I just didn't renew it. So every six months, I would log on to GoDaddy and, oh, nope, nobody's bought it. Six months later, oh, <laughs> nope, nobody's bought it. And, and, and it was eating me inside because I'm like, what if? What if we had just stuck it out? You know, what would have happened? Yeah. And then end of 2018 comes, and I tell Sandy, I can't do this no more. I, we need to finish what we started. And she's like, let's do this. Let's relaunch. So we relaunched New Country Buzz, and here it is now. We have, you know, we have a bigger vision than we did then. We had no idea, even considered something like the Chris and Sandy show. And here it is now. You're our 43rd interview that we've done this year on the Chris and Sandy show. Wow, that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. You know, so, again, it was one of them things where you, where you said it would 
eat you. It might you. You didn't want to be what if. Well, we we got to or we got to experience what if because we went the other way, and I couldn't. I you know I kept thinking, God, you know, what if we? Because it it really did take off some things back then. I mean, we even had people tell us that there's some people in Nashville that are starting to talk about it. So we're and we're not even in Nashville. <laughs> so we had something <laughs> special. I just didn't realize how special it was until I went a couple years without it, and it was eating me up. So I get yeah. you. Well, 100%. Well, congratulations on, on, stick it, on, on <laughs> coming back to it. So, and, and we appreciate that. And my wife has not really been on because we've got one year old's been acting up a little bit today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we we just never know, you know. Usually she can be on in and out, and she still might end up being in and out before the end of the show. But you know, it's one of the things that we run everything from home, and we're a family business. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I think everybody can understand working from home right now. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing it for years. You know, it's yeah. funny. We we joke. It's like all these other people have to live their life how we have always lived our life. Because again, we homeschooled mm-hmm. little Chris. He's eight years old, and he's only been homeschooled. You know, I'm like, hey, everybody's having to live like we live. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so bad, actually. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm um, definitely enjoying being, you know, spending time at home, especially since we have the yeah. the, the six month old girl. I mean, she's uh She's she's becoming a bit of a handful, and I'm just really enjoying um, not having to be anywhere right now. You know that is awesome because I, I think yeah. that's what this whole virus thing is going to have. Again, I'm, I, I hate to see all the deaths that are happening, but I think the, the yes. positive that's coming out of this is people are spending time together again. That's right, and you know we we have to we have to focus on on the positive in this kind of thing because yeah. uh, there's so much um, you know bad stuff going on and you know obviously we're all we're all a little scared and we're all worried about our our family members and uh, especially um our our older family members and um our healthcare workers i mean all, mm-hmm. everybody's kind of worried and um so it it's nice to be able to to, to be able to find silver linings in, in in it when we can exactly exactly and you know and i just hope that when all this is finally over People don't just go back to their life and just be what they were. I I, I hope right. that this, you know, I, I you know, because I'm one of them people. We've been we've been married 17 years, and I know people hate me for this, but I'm one of them people that feel like if you're married, you shouldn't be working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. Now, with what you do, it's a little different. You almost have no choice because you travel. But for your average job, <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's like you need to be there with your family. You know, and as you grow up, as you get bigger, you'll be able to do what a lot of the bigger artists do: take your family with them on tour. That'll be when you yeah. get to that point. That'll be really awesome I, for you. I did get a little taste of that when we did the Randy Travis tour. Uh, oh, wow. We had a few dates where we where we were on the bus, and um, you know, and Relly, our our baby girl, she was only a month old at the time, and uh, well, we we took her on the bus with us, and yeah, it was great. It was really cool, and uh, you know, hopefully, I'll get to be able to uh, have the have uh, that opportunity again. See, see that helped shape a little bit more of your vision there. So you know what? I could do this and still have some mm-hmm. balance. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break, and then after the break, we will um, play your song. Um, and your song, you're probably drunk now, right now. Moved me. I got to tell you, really awesome song. But we're going to play that oh, song. And we're going to talk. 
and then we're going to talk about it after after the break. How does that sound? That sounds great. Thanks. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. You're probably drunk right now, 10.30 on a Tuesday night, somewhere out on the town. Staring in some stranger's eyes You're just a few sips away From not turning him down He probably thinks he's got a chance Cause you're probably drunk right now You're probably drunk right now About to pick up the phone You're gonna dial my number And say you need a ride home, but knowing you, girl, you know me, I'd be wishing I could drive across town, and you'll say that's okay, cause you're probably drunk right now, if it's hurting you like it's hurting me, then you're nothing short of breaking down, if it's killing you like it's killing me, and you got a memory. Probably drunk right now Wishing I was at your door But telling you I was wrong With my knees on the floor But even if I did In the morning when the sun came out You wouldn't remember a thing Cause you're probably drunk right now If it's hurting you like it's hurting
just love that song. Oh, oh yes, I got to pop on here now. Yeah, I love the song too. Great song. Well, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. Got our one-year-old that just woken up from a nap, but got her settled a little bit now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know how it is. I got a six-month-old over here. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so, what inspired that song? Um, you know, we were, um, I wrote that with Kyle Jacobs, uh, John Osier and Ryan Tyndale. And this was a few years back. We were on a writer's retreat, uh, mm-hmm. which was really cool. We went, we went in this cabin in the woods and, uh, in East Tennessee and, um, uh, just hung out there for a weekend and wrote a bunch of songs. And, um, anyway, it, this was one that, um, that Kyle had, had brought up, I think. And, you know, he just had this title. You're probably drunk right now. And, and it was like, <laughs> this could be a really fun song. This could be a mm-hmm. breakup song, you know? So we didn't really know mm-hmm. it first. Uh, but we, we figured it, it, you know, it was probably best to do it as a breakup song. And, um, yeah. you know, I just, since we wrote it, I've just always loved it. Yeah. I guess so we listened to it and, you know, I moved easy anyway. I'm just, you know, I went through 19 oh, yeah. years of, <laughs> I went through 19 years of addictions until God healed me 12 years ago. Um, been sober ever since. And but when you go through 19 years of addictions, you feel everything. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, easily moved anyway. But your song really moved me. Wow. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. <clears throat> so, in your career, when you look back, what's been the craziest thing that's happened to you? Now, of course, PG. <laughs> <laughs> I always um, have to clarify that because you never know what they're going to say. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can only imagine. Um, you know what? I I have this crazy story, um, mm-hmm. and and I will and I will keep it PG. Uh, but uh, so back uh, so my very first guitar that I that I learned on um, mm-hmm. was a was just like a, a you know two or three hundred dollar Yamaha guitar. Um, but I loved it. And it's, it, you can see it in all of my early YouTube videos. And, mm. um, so I went to Canada for the first time or it, uh, somewhere around 2011 or 12 or something and, um, play the show in Toronto. And I had a buddy up there, uh, that hooked me up with this, uh, frat party. Um, mm. and, and I mean, it was just like, you know, if you can imagine, it was just crazy. It was, it was an amazing fun party, but, uh, a great time, and wow. so anyway, um, right around 3 a.m. or so, we were shutting everything down, and mm-hmm. um, so I, I ended up just crashing at the uh, at where we were, and uh, my buddy told me that he was going to take my guitar and his guitar back to um, his apartment with him, and I would just meet him there in the morning, and mm-hmm. so you know, woke up the next morning, took a cab back to his place. And he says, did you have a good time last night? And I said, yeah. He said, so, uh, are you in a pretty good mood right now? I said, yeah. He said, uh, okay, good. Cause I got some bad news. I left uh, both of our guitars in the back of the cab last night and now I can't find them. <laughs> and I was, oh, wow. I was like, okay, wait, are you telling me that you lost my guitar? And, it's basically he called every cab company in Toronto 
could, never could find the guitars. And uh, to this day, yeah, I, I still like to think that, you know, maybe this young kid who uh, who's, who's <laughs> just um, an amazing guitar player now because uh, uh-huh. they got my guitar. <laughs> yeah, like they say, like yeah. even with the virus, you got to find something positive. There you go. You, you're going to find yeah. out 20 years from now, somebody's going to be a Blake Shelton type person, and they're going to be on stage saying, I don't know where this guitar came from, <laughs> but I found yep. it, and it's, well, what, and it's what led me. <laughs> yep. Did you get that guitar in Toronto about you know 2011 or so? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, you know, as they say, you know, a lot of people don't realize. You know, w- when you look at fans out there, fans always prop up the artists, but you never really hear the sto- any stories behind the artists because we, me and you both know that without the team behind you that supports you. You can't do what you do. Tell us uh, one or two stories of people that have really helped you through the years, and it could be recent too, but that's really helped you of where people stepped up and says, let me do this or whatever. You know, just a few – it could be bandmates, you know, just a few stories of that where people, supporters have really stepped up to the plate. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I could tell you one from – from early on and, and something mm. more recent. Uh, I'll tell you okay. the, the one from early on. Uh, I was, I was playing this little um, wine bar. It was like every other Wednesday night in Lafayette, Louisiana. And uh, you know, I was doing nothing but covers like anything mm-hmm. from country to stuff more like Jackson Brown and stuff like that. Um, and this guy comes up to me one of these nights and there's never more than like four people in this place, you know? <laughs> and, uh, this this guy comes up to me one night and he he introduces himself and he says uh, he he saw me on YouTube and um, mm-hmm. he and he had driven from Macomb Mississippi which is at that time you know for somebody to drive you know two hours or so to come wow. and watch me play on a Wednesday night um, oh, wow. you know what I mean it, it just I was blown away and I, and you know I immediate, we immediately became friends and he ended up helping me out a lot. Um, through the years, he he's booked me or helped out with getting me booked at a lot of places in Mississippi. Um, oh, that he, is awesome! He he bought one of one of my favorite guitars and and just one day he said, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm let's go get you a guitar." And uh, <laughs> you know, it, he he's just uh, one of one of my good friends now. And and it, you know, it's just just because he he saw me on YouTube and decided he wanted to come and see me play. You know. Um, and it's that kind of, that kind of stuff that, that has kept me motivated through the years too. And, uh, you know, another one more recently, um, uh, one of my best friends, uh, lives in, in West Texas. Uh, he, you know, there was a time in my career where, you know, I didn't really know how I was going to continue m- moving on to the, you know, yeah. down the road. And, um, basically he just stepped up to the plate and he said, you know whatever you need as far as uh, let's 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 make an album, and um, mm-hmm. so he you know it, when you have people that believe in you so much that they're like mm-hmm. okay we're we're you know we're gonna we're gonna do this next album and um and it, and and basically just because I believe in you, and it's you know it, it's it's just amazing to to have people that believe in you and are in your corner no matter what and you and a lot of times you you don't even you can't even imagine 
why? <laughs> you know, what what is it that about me that makes them want to continue believing in me? And it and it's just those those exactly those moments that uh, pick you up exactly when you need it. Exactly, and you know, I remember hearing a story. And you'll probably know exactly who I'm talking about when I, as I start to tell this, because everybody's heard this story. But I remember hearing a story where a guy was singing in Nashville, and he was a songwriter, not necessarily a singer. He was just trying to get his, trying to find people to promote his songs to write to um, artists. And he was on stage singing, and a guy, unknown guy comes up to him at the end and says, "You know, I'm in Nashville to get signed. And when I get signed, I want that to be my first cut." And wow. if you know the story, that was Garth Brooks, the dance. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> that's and, true. And you know, and you know, can you imagine you sitting there as a songwriter, some guy that you don't know <laughs> says, "I want to cut that. I'm about. I want. I'm here to be signed." You know, because of course, you as a singer songwriter wouldn't. You, you're, you're sitting there thinking, "Is he being real or is he not?" You know, because you just never know. <laughs> Well, of course, because you know Nashville is is full of people that are hoping to get signed, mm-hmm. but yeah. for somebody like Garth Brooks to say that, I mean, <laughs> that's a little bit different. I'm sure that was. I hope uh, I got the story. Check. I mean, I hope I got the story right because that's that's the way I've heard it, and I've yeah. read it a couple times. And I, in fact, the guy that wrote the dance, he's wrote a lot of songs for Garth through the years, so he's really profited from that little connection. But he. He's from yeah. Tybee Island, which is outskirts right out here by Savannah where we live, which I thought that was already pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that is cool. <clears throat> and yeah. um, I'm I'm trying to think of his name right now, and I can't. I can't think of it. I need to have his name on hand when I so that when I say when I bring that because I've only brought that story up I think on a couple episodes that we've done. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just it's just when it feels like it's the right time for that I bring it up. So um. <laughs> Who's been your most supportive for you, behind you? Um, I mean, I I have to say my wife. Um, you know, she's definitely <laughs> seen me. You know, I mean, we've let's see, we met in 2012, so she's known me for eight years now. Wow. Um, you know, she's seen me at my best and and at my worst, and mm-hmm. has never once still like even whenever. <laughs> Yeah, and and even whenever you know, I there were moments in my career where you know there's always ups and downs, and mm-hmm. you know in in the downs, she's always like never wavers. Like she just yeah. believes in me that much, and and you know continues to push me, and and you know she's definitely um, helped me um, with a lot of things. Plus, she's she's really great at social media. <laughs> and I'm, you know, she's way better at, at that than I am, and um, and she has like a good marketing sense about her. So she definitely like helps me with um, you know different uh, social media posts and and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. And she's she has a great ear for music, so I like to bounce a lot of ideas off of her too as well. That is awesome. I love you know we we've been getting a lot of married couples lately on our show, and I, or people that are married, I should say, and, and I love when I hear stories like yours, because, you know, you, you, you look out there in the real world and it's like, yeah. there's no connect, there's no connection anymore in the, in marriages. So I love yeah. when I hear this, that y'all are working together. She is, she is your rock. She's the one that, that helped build you up 
when you're at your low. I mean, I love to hear that. Yeah, and it, it just you inspires know. everybody. And we and you know we're just a good team. You know, like we balance each other out, and um, you know it, things things have definitely um, you know just been a lot more like smooth sailing, I guess, uh, as far as life lately, you know, it's, it's just been really good. I mean, we got married in 2018 and then we had the baby and, uh, you know, we, mm-hmm. things have been pretty blissful around here. Uh, you know, despite everything that's going on in the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, your home, your home is supposed to be your salvation it really is. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it's like with us, we're same way, you know, which a lot of people don't get this, but we've been a 24-7 couple for 17 years of marriage. You know, we just, you know, we we try this ideal, we try that ideal, we try that ideal. We we've probably done a hundred different business ideals that all failed. Now, granted, they made money. You know, it made enough money to help us keep going for a little while. Right. You know, yep. but it would, but then ultimately fail and fail and fail and fail, and then it's like um, we get to this point. And now I know why they all failed because we were supposed to get to this point with the whole new country media that we're running. Just never yeah. realized it at the time. And you know, like Sandy used to roll her eyes. She get <laughs> we would be out because, as you can tell, I like to talk. Um, we would be out and about, and I could run into a stranger, and we and Sandy would know immediately. Oh, we're going to be here for an hour, and she'd almost <laughs> roll her eyes. And, and but now. We both get it. All those thousands of conversations I've had through the years has prepared us for what we're doing now, and we just never knew it. And and all that time and you know all that work uh, in the past, everything now seems like, wow, this is this is this is it. You know, it's like a well-oiled yeah. machine already. It's like we know what exactly. we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good thing. Yeah, um, so, it's a great feeling. <laughs> So if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would y'all write about? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think that um, I would like to write with Chris Christopherson. Well, that would be. Um, I think that you know he's he's uh, one of the. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question that he's one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, he's really good at writing story songs and that's something, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I've written a lot of songs about, um, breakups and drinking mm-hmm. and just that kind of thing in general, but stories like the redheaded stranger or, you right. know, uh, Poncho and lefty, those kinds of songs, um, where it's almost like a movie that plays out in your head. That's the mm-hmm. kind of stuff that I want to get better at writing. And I yeah. think, Christopher. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, and I think that's the knack that was missing for a little while. And, and again, nothing, even though I, I always say this, nothing, I, we even like some, some, what they call bro country songs. Like I love the song cruise, but I couldn't, I, but that's not where I w- would want country music to stay. I, you know, I mean, it, it swept through like, and it's like, okay, where, where is the story songs now going? Where are they at? <laughs> You know, because that's yeah. what makes country. You know, like they say, you know, if you got if chords in the truth, you've got country, and that's that's what I thought think was missing for a little while. But as we get to interviewing a lot of people like you and other artists, and 
Anna Cash and all that, you know, it's like, wow, you know, they're out there. They just haven't made it big yet. So it really inspires us that there yeah. are people out there and that are still bring, trying to bring that back. That's right, and I see it all the time here as well. You know, I mean, um, being in that kind of circle of uh, the these amazing artists that are just kind of up and coming and not not mm-hmm. quite reached their their full potential yet. You know, and yeah. we do a lot of events together. We you know we see each other a lot at CRS and CMA Fest every year, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's really cool to to be fans of these people that not everybody knows just yet. You know, yeah, and uh, and and it's really it's really cool whenever you can see somebody blossom that that you knew from, you know, from from the beginning. Yeah. So who, um, <clears throat> when you look at m- musical people that inspired you, who on your list of inspiration has inspired you that people would be surprised about? Um, people would be surprised about. Because of course, I, since you're country, people would definitely think country. But you know, what what are what are some influences in your life that just don't that don't almost click with you, but yet they inspired you? I think that um, I don't know if it, it's not like a clicking thing or whatever, but mm, yeah. John Mayer is is an artist oh, wow. that um, that his his songwriting in general is is mind blowing. Not to mention. Yes, it is. His uh, his guitar playing, his singing, all that stuff. Um, I looked I look at him a lot as far as like his everything about him. He's just one of the coolest guys on the planet, and he just has this this um, this thing about him, you know that that uh, mm-hmm. as a, as an artist, I just totally get it. And uh, yeah. you know, also growing up in the in the '90s, you know. I, I, I was always into vocalists, you know, like I never really yeah. cared about um, other instruments or, or stuff as much as, as a singer and yeah. um, vocal groups like Boys to Men, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that and, you know, they did uh, some crossover stuff like they, you know, they would cover some country songs and vice versa. And yeah. It was a really cool thing to, to uh, have that kind of um, more soulful uh, side to to, to mm-hmm. my vocals and my um, influences, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now here's the part where we usually bring our little eight year old on. You want to <laughs> see go to his mama? See, <clears throat> yeah, he'd be upset if we missed that this part. He lo- <laughs> even though he's, he's on and off quick, but. <laughs> okay, here's Christopher. Okay, All hi right, James. What's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? That is a great question. Um, I like crawfish etouffee, and uh, that's a Cajun dish. Oh, wow. um, I don't know if you if uh, you've ever tried crawfish, but it's it's really good. And uh, my wife makes the best crawfish etouffee. <laughs> that is awesome. So, what's yours, little Chris? Uh, pizza. Pizza. Hey, that's my second favorite. <laughs> Yeah, he could eat pizza morning, lunch, morning, noon, and dinner. Hi. <laughs> Good talking to you, Christopher. <laughs> he comes on. Sticking to the point. <laughs> yeah. He loves that. See, we we try to have a little fun, get some seriousness. You know, we just want our yeah. show to be a little different than what's 
got one, you know, when we first launched the Chris and Sandy show, I was like, how are we going to be? Now, granted, being a married couple doing this, we knew that would be different. Mm-hmm. But I wanted something unique. And as far as I know of the shows that I've seen out there, there's no show that really goes in, in depth of the story behind the artist, of the up-and-coming artist. <clears throat> and that's, yeah, that's where true. I really <laughs> wanted to do is give y'all a platform to yeah. come on and share parts of your story that you normally don't get to share. Mm-hmm. Well, and I appreciate that too. And it's not, not only do we not get to share it, or I guess because we don't always get to share it, um, we don't really think about those things that often anymore, you know, so yeah. it's, it, it's kind of cool yeah. to, you know, you ask, you ask questions uh, that I don't really uh, think about that often, you know, so that I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And, and, and again, you know, I think that, you know, as you've seen, you know, our goal is to talk music 10, 15 minutes of the 60 minute program. Cause I, w- I want to know about the artists. Don't necessarily, you know, again, I, I love the music and that's great, but you know what? All those other shows do that. I want to find mm-hmm. out the person behind the music. Because, again, you know, and, and I get it. All the other what? hosts, they do great stuff. Uh, you know, they, they are good in what they do. It's just that they only have 15 minutes to do it. Right. And, you, you know, yeah. you, you kind of have no choice to talk only music then <laughs> when you got 15 minutes. So that's why we yep. wanted to give people 60 <laughs> minutes to really enjoy. That's right, to allow enough time to – to get their full stories and find out who they are. Well, I, so I appreciate if, that very much. <clears throat> so if there was one song out there that you've heard, listened to from another artist that, and it could be one of your own either way, you know, that would describe your life, what song would that be? <laughs> uh, let's see. That would describe my life. Um, well, I mean, the first one that comes to mind is a song that I actually did kind of write about my life. Um, oh, wow. it, it was on my last album. It's called Greenlight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of some of a better example, but that one's the first mm-hmm. one that comes to mind. It's basically just a, a loose story of my childhood and, um, oh, wow. you know, going into my early 20s about, uh, you know, my first marriage and, all mm-hmm. that stuff, but it's it's actually an upbeat kind of fun song at the same time. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. <clears throat> so, um, if you had a magic wand, and I'll explain why I'm wording it this way in a minute. If you had a magic wand, and what you're about to say would come true, where would you be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it that way is for two reasons. One is I don't want the fluff, fluff answers. I want the real deep drive of the artist answer. Mm-hmm. I want what really pushes them, what they, re- they really want. The second reason I asked it that way is February 11th of this year made the five-year anniversary that I asked Kelsey Ballerini that same question, and she is living exactly what she said. Power wow. that. Yeah, there you is. Because <clears throat> you, know, you do get what you speak, so I want the vision. Where, if, if, if everything could work, the way you want it, where would you be in five years? In five years, I would, uh, well, my family and I would be living back down in Louisiana. Um, mm. I'm, I would be um, live based out of Louisiana at this point uh, with mm. um, 
but still, you know, coming up in, uh, to Nashville quite often and doing, yeah, uh, you know, songwriting and things like that. Um, but I, I think that once my career gets to a point where I can, I can live uh, down in Louisiana and travel back and forth as much as I want to. I can still do the whole. Um, I can still do touring and do studio stuff mm-hmm. as much as I want, but still being close down to the fam, uh, down with the family. Yeah. Because uh, my wife's family is also from Louisiana, so that's our ultimate oh, well. goal. We want to, we want to move back down there. Uh, so hopefully, you know, in five years, that's where we'll be. That is awesome. So if you had a friend, and let's say that you heard them sing, and they're actually really good. And but they've played maybe five or ten shows so far. They're really nervous, but but they feel like you know, this is really really what I want to do. I really feel led that I'm supposed to do this. What advice would you give that person that will help guide them over the next two, three, four years? Um, well, mainly because I went through this exact. I was this person <laughs> uh, when I first started. Um, you know, performing in front of people, uh, in front of a crowd, it was, it was terrifying. Like if I would book a show three months from now, I would wake up for the next three months every day, just thinking about it and worrying about it. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a really hard thing to overcome. Um, you know, because I was always very shy as a, you know, as a kid. Um, but the thing is, is what I would say is just keep, fighting through that feeling and then you you're you're eventually going to get enough experience on stage that you're going to grow confident you're going to be more self-confident and the more self-confident mm-hmm. you are the easier it's going to be and the and the more fun you're going to have on stage and you know cuz at first I wasn't having fun I was worried about messing up the song or you know this yeah. and that and, and it it wasn't until I was doing it so often that I wasn't even thinking about it anymore. That's when I started actually enjoying it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's, it's a hard thing to overcome, but I knew that it was what I was meant to do. And so that's why I just kept doing it until it got easier. Now, as we get to this last question, and I hate to cut it short, but of course it's not short, but you know, do you get what I'm saying? It's like, I, I could talk all night long. Um, <laughs> but, but is there a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but kind of never do. Um, well, you know, uh, you actually asked this question earlier. <laughs> uh, you're one of the first, first people that have asked me as far as like, uh, you brought up the, the whole, uh, thing about struggling musicians. I don't think that people know how, you know, know that, sacrifices everybody thinks it's all like glamorous and glorious uh but it's it's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of work so uh i you know i wish more more people would ask that question but you you did so i thank you for that we appreciate and you know i think sometimes and and this is just my opinion i'm just you know i don't know for sure i talk to people of why they don't go there but i kind of think sometimes hosts are scared to go there because what they don't want they don't want to feel like their show is going to be this downer show, and I see it different. I see that as a connection to the fans because yeah, I, I think that I when fans that. realize what you actually go through to to do this passion, it connects you to them in a way that you can't break 
That's right. I, I believe and that one hundred percent. And that was and that was one of the big things when we started the Chris and Sandy show. That was where I told Sandy, you know, we're going to be different. We're going to bring out the good, the bad, and sometimes even the ugly in someone's life. Yes, yes. Who who is pursuing and chasing this, as they say this crazy dream because it is. Yeah. We're chasing this crazy dream right along with you. We don't know yeah. when the mm-hmm. next dollar is going to come in. I mean, we the show's not making money right now. Um, so we're like putting on show after show after show after show, hoping that, you know, while we do our world, side gigs too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do a lot of side That's gigs right. in order to stay afloat. So that, so we yes. totally get what y'all go through. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, and I think that it's, it's not a necessarily a downer kind of thing. I think it's just a real question. It's a real yeah. thing to talk about. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm all about being real. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And we love that. I remember when we first launched, was launching um, our show, I had a friend of mine that is from Nashville, and he's done some shows like this, but I think in the, um, like 10 years ago or something, he didn't keep it going or, you know, for whatever reason, but he did shows like this. I asked him, what advice would you give us? And he says, the only advice I would have is be authentic. And he explained, he said, here's why. Because he knows that we aspire to be like a Bobby Bones or a Ty Bentley. That's the ultimate. Mm-hmm. And um, for what we do, and he's like, let's. He said, let's use Bobby Bones for example. He says, let's say you become a second Bobby Bones. He says your fans are going to see you in that light. He said the day's going to come when that mask comes off. He said you won't be able to put up that facade forever. You can say every Bobby Bones joke. You can you you can be you can try to say everything he says, but the day's going to come when your mask comes off, and when that mask That's comes true. off. You're going to lose every one of your audience because they were all fake anyway because they were see, they were attracted to your mask, not att- attracted to your authenticity. Yep. And he said that's, if you be authentic, yep, that's great. If, he said if you stay authentic, and I think this is good advice for artists too, if you stay authentic in who you are, then you might, it might take you longer to get there, but the right audience will come. Yep, and I've always believed that as well. Uh, you know, as far as um, being an artist, I mean, you know, I don't, when I, when I came to Nashville, the first thing I told myself was I'm not going to let some record label or whoever try to tell me this is who you are now, you know, because even if I would, you know, if I would have said, okay, and make a bunch of money, I'm still not going to, I'm still not me, you know, like, I I don't want to, I don't want to be successful being somebody else. I want to be successful being myself. So exactly. You know, <laughs> you know as we start to end this, um, I, I, one of the people I interviewed, I when they shared this, I seen somebody post on their comments. It was a great interview, but the host was windy, <laughs> and, and and I had to <laughs> laugh. Well, well, first I had to ask Sandy, what does that actually mean? <laughs> Talking too long too much. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, Oh, okay, I'm okay with that because that that's who yeah. I am. <laughs> you know. That I that actually showed me that that's my authentic self. It yeah. is. So I just thought that was funny. But as we <laughs> start to end here, tell everybody, you know, this is your self promotion time, how they can reach out to you. So uh, on social media, just uh, if you look me up, James Dupre, it's one E, D-U-P-R-E, 
and um, I'm on Instagram a lot most, most of the time, so you can send me messages on there. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, you can look up all my YouTube videos from as far back as 2007 when I look like I'm 12 years old. Uh, <laughs> and all of my uh, all of my music is on uh, all the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah. You know, we loved having you on today, and we look forward to uh, down the road bringing you back to come with some updates. Yes. Well, I appreciate you all uh, taking the time and uh, having me, and uh, hope you all are staying safe and have a, have a great day. Thank you. Oh, you same too. to you. And we'll talk to you real soon. All right. Sounds good. All right. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed today's show. Like James said, go find him. Go buy his merchandise. Go buy his audios. He's a really awesome artist. You will see him at the top. I have zero doubts in that. Um, but again, as always, these artists in this day and time really need your help because we they have with they don't can't do shows anymore, and that's where they make their money. So go help them out and buy stuff. They're not asking for a give me. They're just asking to help them out and buy their merchandise. So go buy the merchandise. And as always, we will see you tomorrow. Same time. Talk to you then.